2: For over 20 years, one of the most pervasive questions in Detroit has been, who killed Strawberry? Well, it wasn't me. I did a deposition with the police and everything. Yeah. It's all uh, public information. I mean, I can't be incriminated anyway. I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with a murder. But So after all these years, why has there been no arrests in the murder of Tamara Green? This is The Daily J, I'm Zach Clark. In early 2023, my colleague Christy Strasser and I released a nine-episode podcast called Who Killed Strawberry? You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It is the story of Tamara Green, a beautiful young woman who worked as an exotic dancer. But one night she was killed in a hail of bullets while she and her boyfriend sat in their car at a stop sign. Some say it was a drug deal gone bad, but others say the murder was a result of a party held at the then-mayor of Detroit's mansion, Kwame Kilpatrick. And then last week, there was some small but noticeable movement in the saga.
3: So you want to start off, let's talk about Ashley, Tamara Green's middle daughter.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about her because we knew of her throughout this process, Christy. We talked to one of her siblings, India Bond, but we didn't speak to Ashley, and a few days ago, she popped up on your social channels, my social channels. The world
3: social channels. She
2: popped up on 4 million people's, at least at this point, social channels. This is kind of what brought us to this point today. This is the latest in this story, though. I'm not sure how much is new here, but her speaking is new.
3: Yep, and it hit so many people that it became new to a lot of people who hadn't heard the story. And the way she kind of sketched it out, it sounded like a story that was brand new. And it really just people around the world, I think, were shocked.
2: And that's one of the things that we worked on throughout the workings of our podcast when we were making this is that these are real people, right? Like Ashley mm-hmm. is a real person. Tamara was a real person. And they go through real things. And I can't imagine what it would be like to have to deal with the aftermath of fallout of your mother's murder, no matter what happened. To Tamara, she was murdered. There's no question.
3: And this drove me down the rabbit hole of Ashley's TikTok, um, where you can see she talks about like, I'm now older than my mother ever got to be in one video. And in another video, she talks about what it's like to grow up in the city where everyone around you is talking about the fact that your mom was murdered and where you see headlines and where you're going to school and the other kids are telling you like, oh, hey, the story about your mom's in the paper again because she was murdered. What that is like to live with every single day is something that we thought about a lot.
2: Yeah. And in fact, we, uh, you, I should say, you asked India that question, you know, what this is like. And it was much different for her than it was for Ashley because India was not in the city where it happened. And she was so young. I think she was 18 months old. So when we spoke to India, she still could feel the aftermath and she still had to go through things, but it wasn't as... I don't want to say visceral. It wasn't as face-to-face as as it would have been for Ashley, who would be confronting this on a daily basis.
3: From a young age, I just understood that my mom passed away when I was a baby, and then my family members took me in. High school is when I learned more about what happened with her murder. There were family discussions on even... When my siblings would ask questions, my cousins that are my siblings. It was definitely hard, but I had a good support system at home, as well as counseling to help me process those emotions. They talk about how hospitable my, my mom was, and that's a quality that we share. I've been told that as well. From my understanding, she'd be very, very proud and happy. with where I'm at. There are so many tragedies in this story. And one of the ones that I think we thought about quite a bit is this family and the fact that they were broken up by this death. So Tamara Green had three kids. These kids were not raised together. These kids were raised by different members of the family. They were—they did not get to grow up together. They didn't know what it was like to have a mom who loved them. They didn't have, you know, they just, they missed out on so much. And when you go through Ashley's social media channels, you see it. She says, you know, that she doesn't keep in touch with her mom's other kids and that they were all raised separately. Tomorrow became so real to me. She felt like a person I knew as weird as that is. But don't you think we did get to know her? I think that's what happened
2: throughout the process, right? That throughout our work that is what we did.
3: Yes. So I actually, I feel very sad when I see Ashley say that she doesn't really know her siblings because I feel like that would break Tamara's heart. I'm actually going to get upset saying this. You see Ashley talking about her kids and you see her, her son Jonathan. They just have the most beautiful kids and they show them on social media. And I think about like how excited Tamara would be to be around those kids. And she never got the opportunity. And that is freaking heartbreaking.
2: You know, this just dawned on me because I'm not the world's smartest guy. She would have been a grandmother.
3: I thought about that. She would have been a grandmother. As soon Ashley was posting videos of her daughter, this beautiful little girl. And she was talking about Christmas and presents and, you know, kind of the, some of the struggles that she's had in her life. And my first thought was, Tomorrow would take that baby, she would take care of that baby, she would buy her Christmas presents, and you would not be experiencing any of this. But someone took that away from Ashley and from India and from Jonathan, and we still don't know who that person was. And that is why this case persists.
2: There's been some people that have pushed back on the work that we did. And I understand that some of this is really graphic and it's really gossipy. But I think that instead of looking at as exploitation, because I don't feel that it was that at all, the three people that you just talked about and Tamara, too, they deserve to know yes. what happened. Somebody should have to pay for ending a life in a hail of bullets that way. We didn't think we were going to solve it, but it's about keeping the pressure on so people keep having these conversations and that's what Ashley has done here in a series of TikTok videos.
3: When you think about just the space that takes up in their heads, that you wake up every day and you think about the fact that your mom's killer, whoever this person happens to be, is walking free and the rage that would fill you with and the amount of attention that you would still have to pay to it in your own mind. So one of the things about this video that Ashley made that went so viral, I mean it's got thousands of comments, somebody shared it on Twitter so TikTok went to Twitter and then went to Instagram. It has
2: millions of views on at least TikTok and Twitter. I'm not sure about Instagram at this point, but it is everywhere. It's everywhere.
3: And thousands and thousands of comments. And one of the things about it is that there's no way to say that what she's saying is true. And quite frankly, most people tell you that it's not true. Um, She says, you know, she knows for a fact who killed her mom.
2: I don't think anybody except for the killer knows for a fact who did it. Yes. That's what we found, Christy, is that the way the case was handled, it's almost impossible to find out who it was. And so I think there is... Two people that know what happened and one of them isn't alive.
3: Yep. And when there's that absence of an answer, people fill in the answer. And that answer is not necessarily correct. And if your name is the one that's filled in as that answer, I would think that you of all people, and I am talking about Kwame Kilpatrick, you of all people would want this to be solved. Like you would be pressuring the cops, get the person who actually did this, get their name out in public. Like take this attention off of me, fill in the gap here so that people stop casting his name in here if he had nothing to do with it. And that's what you see with Ashley. But that's because there is the absence of an answer. No one knows who did this. So then it just gets filled in and then it gets larger and larger. And next thing you know, you know, Kwame specifically is in a position where every single thing he posts on social media, you see instantly there are comments, you killed somebody. Kwame, has, he's never been charged with anything other than financial crimes, but still this dodged him. So that's why with him, I really, really wanted him to talk to us. And for that reason... Tell us about why you didn't do this. Get your name off of this and let people have answers. Let these kids have answers. Let, you know, tomorrow's cousins and she has a brother who's a doctor. I mean, let all of these people involved in this finally have some peace and know who did this. But because Kwame got in the way and there was so much messiness, it just didn't happen.
2: I am not in a position where I will go nearly as far, not even close, as what Ashley has done to connect Kwame to that at all. We, at the end of the day, discovered that we could connect nobody to anything. What I do know is that he tried to stop the investigation, which it's a fact. It has been said over and over again in court to us. And so I do think that's one of those things where you're like, okay, if you want to end this, do it. On that end-it note, Christy, I wonder, like, what do you think the next update's going to be? You know, Christine Beattie spoke a while ago on a local network. We're never going to hear from Carlita, I don't think, ever. I think she's long gone. Kwame still pops in and out of Detroit. I just, I wonder what you think is next.
3: Because I am a cockeyed optimist. I really, really believe that some... Jailhouse snitch, somebody is going still is going to come forward and say that someone admitted that they did this. And I think cops will be able to backtrack. And I think because this podcast has so many people who listen to it, I think there is some pressure. Um, Detroit police did say when Ashley's video came out, the spokesperson said that she would talk to the detectives. But I do believe that they're talking about this. And I think at this point, for sure, 100 percent, they want an answer to people want to move past this. They want to solve this, say so-and-so committed this crime. They admitted it. We looked back and we found this evidence. I think still... It can be solved. And there are still detectives who are still... We have a detective who last week said he was in L.A. working on something. So I I do think that there are still people who were involved in it. You know, we put Crime Stoppers in all of the episodes because I really do think that that is where this hinges, is somebody coming forward and saying, listen, there is no way that the person who did this never told us. It's just not human nature. Whoever did this told somebody. And that person told somebody and one of the people in that triangle and that mix, however big it is, has to raise their hand and say, I know who did this.
2: Kwame spent a good decade in prison Mm -hmm. and Derek King, we talked to him in prison. He still is there on a separate charge.
3: And there's always the possibility, and a fairly strong possibility, that there's another player out there. Like, there's a third person who's in jail on something else. I mean, Derek King filed an appeal on his case actually saying... They put me in jail for this shoot. It was a shooting at a gas station.
2: But they waited like three years to get
3: him. And they put him away for decades. And he filed an appeal saying, I'm in jail not for this shooting. I'm in jail because they think I killed Tamara Green and they just weren't able to prove it. So 100% it's out there in public record that that's what he thinks. He's in jail for Tamara Green's killing and he says he didn't do it.
2: It wasn't me. I did a deposition with the police and everything. Yeah. It's all uh, public information. I mean, I can't be incriminated anyway. I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with a murder, but I mean, it's a lot of different people, but I don't think I'm the right one to talk about it.
3: Do you not have any idea or would you just not snitch because you're not a snitch?
2: Well, no, I don't have nothing to do with it, but okay. I don't have no idea.
3: You were interviewed and you were cleared, obviously, because you've never been charged. What did you hear about the case at the time?
2: Same thing everybody else here. It was all on the news.
3: Yeah, but you didn't know anything about it that wasn't on the news? You hadn't heard on the streets that Tamara had no. danced at a party? Oh, no, no. But they couldn't charge him. They couldn't charge anybody because the case was such a mess.
2: I do believe the Detroit Police Department, as a whole, maybe not everybody, believes that Derek King is responsible for Tamara Green's murder. They're mm-hmm. not going to say it. None of that work there currently. But one of the former detectives told us there was no hesitation. He said... Derrick King.
3: The detective who said that said that he had actually filed a warrant request, and he didn't say this, but we just had to you know, go down the rabbit hole of no one ever saw this warrant request, or no one approved it. It just kind of disappeared in Wayne County, the way things disappeared in Wayne County in that era, where nobody was accountable for things, and it just seemed like everything was a mess. James Craig talked about it a lot in the podcast, too. It just seemed like no one was responsible for anything, and it was chaotic, and it just became a disaster. And the end result is that Ashley Johnson is on TikTok saying that she knows who killed her mom, but no one has ever been charged. And the person that she named will say 1000% he had nothing to do with it. Nobody knows who did it.
2: My heart breaks for her and her siblings and her family, just for all the things that we've said, like nobody deserves this. Tamara didn't deserve it. Her family doesn't deserve it. What they deserve is justice. And I just, I hope someday And they're able to, to claim that justice.
3: And I do. I mean, just watching them from afar on social media, I do. I think about them through tomorrow's lens. And I say, like... Her son has got this amazing business that he runs, and he's all over Facebook with, you know, this great stuff that he's doing. I think about how proud she would be of him and how proud she would be of these kids, the opportunity that she didn't get to have to raise them. And this is a story, you know, it happens in Detroit. It happens in a lot of cities. But this is a case that had so many eyes on it, it should have been solved.
2: Today's big thanks go out to Christy Strasser. You can catch all nine episodes of Who Killed Strawberry wherever you get your podcasts. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do You want that Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J.